2: live. They they don't work, and they're saying, "Well, I trust God." Well, you know, well, but what what does the Bible have to say about work? Well, here's what He says: Second Thessalonians three and ten. He says, "For even when we were with you," This we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Well, I guess let's reverse the question. How many of you like to eat? <laughs> so that, that's what he says there in the second verse so, so God's plan for financial freedom, Now, here's the deal, even though they take work serious, he wants us to know that financial freedom, God's plan for financial freedom, does not rely on the natural results of work. It does not rely, God's plan for financial freedom doesn't rely and depend on the natural results of work. You're thinking that my working is going to cause me to prosper. Mm
3: -mm.
2: If your working caused you to prosper, wouldn't that be your performance? So where's the grace of God in that? Prosperity has already been made available to you. If you're going to receive it, you're going to receive it by faith, not by working. So you can work three or four jobs, or you can come to the place where you realize, you know what, I'm going to work so I can eat. But I'm going to trust God and receive by faith what he's already done for me financially. And as I continue to be a good steward and do the things I need to be done, I'll receive that by faith. And God will prosper me in the midst of my work. God will prosper me because of it. God, it's not the work that's going to do it. It's going to be my faith in his grace that's going to do it. In fact, it's already done. You know, receiving is so easy. You take it, you know. We're not waiting to look to see if it's going to show up. We take it you take possession of it you know and now look at Ephesians chapter 4 and 28 and he'll tell you the purpose for work well then what's the purpose for it this is this is pretty strong this is radical Ephesians 4 verse verse 28 I guess some of you saying pastor everything you said lately has been radical so praise God we're just we're turning into radical people amen well what's the purpose for work Ephesians 4:28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the things which is good, that he may have to give to
4: him that needeth.
2: Whoa. So this says we work so we can have to give to those that need. Uh, I'm sure some of you think, oh, i got to give everything away. What about me? Who's going to take care of me if I give everything away? No, you ain't going to give everything away, but as you work, you're going to have something when the Spirit of God talks to you to give to somebody that needs. So I I wanted to get rid of all of the religion around this, and I wanted to see this for what it is. I work so that I can be a, a, a vessel for God to use so I can give to somebody that's in need. That's what it means to be a blessing. You remember what he said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12? He says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing and prevent misfortune in the lives of other people. A blessing is when you become an instrument by which God can flow favor through you to somebody else. What does it mean to be a blessing? Well, notice what God says. Well, I'm going to provide work so you can have to help those that are in need. He just stated the purpose for for some of the money you get from your work. We know we have money to set aside to prove to ourselves that we trust God. We know we have money now to help those who are in need. Well, what about my light bill? What about my gas bill? What about that? See, that's what I'm trying to show you. God says he's going to take care of all those. What, is he going to take care of Supernatural? No, he will make sure you always have enough money to pay everything that needs to be paid if you can help them in a few, help in a few areas. You know the Bible says? He that, that, that gives to the poor, lendeth to the Lord. And I think it finishes and says, and he will repay. See, we only look at the money we make as the resource to take care of ourselves. But we're not looking to God as the one who takes care of us. You have a job so you can
4: get seed.
2: You keep looking at your job as the source that takes care of you, and that's why you're stuck. Lots of people are stuck because they don't see God as their source. They're not focused on God being their source. It's my job. It's my source. So what happens on the job is basically going to be based on how you see the job versus how you see God. This is the job. I work this job to eat. Yeah, God wants you to be able to eat. God wants you to have nice things. God wants you to do all of that, okay? So nobody's saying we'll take your entire paycheck and just go around looking for somebody who is in need and giving it away. If he were to bring somebody to you that was in need, do you have anything to help them that are in need? Because when you do, all you're doing is setting yourself up for more to come to you if you live off your job and not live off God, I know that sounds weird. Living off God? You're saying we're living off God? Yeah, I live off God. I live off God, which now makes you not afraid to give. Now, now it, makes, it makes you not afraid to help somebody. Amen. Prosperity is a byproduct of seeking God. It should not be the goal prosperity is a byproduct of seeking God. It should not be the goal. Now look at Matthew chapter 6, 33. Matthew 6, 33. And I want to challenge you as Christians, study these scriptures out, the ones that I'm giving you tonight. Really look at them and let the Spirit of God begin to talk to you about those things. Matthew 6, 33. Sometimes we try to think that, The world's way of operating financially is the same way that God operates. It's not. It is absolutely, totally different. But over the years, we've tried to bring those together as if they operate the same way. It's not. It's not like, you know, in the world you make an investment and you you expect to get something as a result of the investment. No, that's not how this works. All that God has done has already been made available. You don't get from God based on what you do. That's not how that happens. Everything you get from God, you get it by faith. You get nothing from God by your effort. You don't get anything from God by by what you invest. I need to just say that. The only thing you can invest to get something from God is faith. (laughs) I say that because religion tells you, well, you know, uh, give $1,000 and you get answered prayer. No, you don't. You get answered prayer because you trust God and have enough faith to receive. You don't, you don't, you, you that, there, there was, again, trying to buy favor. You can't buy favor. It's your faith. Everything that grace has already made available without you doing nothing, you can get every bit of it by trusting and believing God. But if you want, if if one, if you take one minute of this series and think, my amazing giving is going to cause me to be prosperous. You are so wrong. That's what the world said. The world says if you, you have a king business sense and if you, if you sow and invest in the right places and if you work hard enough and if you do all of that, then the result of it is going to be that. That's not how, to, that's not how it works in, in God's system. Ooh, I've been waiting all my life to say this. That's not how it works. God's system is real clear. Grace has made everything available. And trust and faith gets it to manifest. Well, where does the money come in at? You have to trust with the little before you can trust with the much. But it's not putting something in and bringing something out. We keep trying to make seed time and harvest time just like the, the world system. And I'll show you, I'll show you it, it is not. Let's let's go in the natural and let's look at the essence of a farmer. He puts seed, he, he prepares the ground, he puts seed in the ground, his whole life is based on that harvest.
5: How he know something's gonna come up? Is there an element of trust there? Nobody thinks about that.
2: You know, there are some people who plant seed the wrong way and don't none come up.
4: Are you listening to me?
2: God's system is when I plant seed, I'm not planting seed to get something to grow. I'm planting seed because I trust God, and my trust gets what grace has made available. Not my performance of my seed I planted. But I I planted the seed because I trust God. I've proved to myself that I trust God. In order to prove that you trust God, you have to sow. You give. You tithe. You are a giver. Me being a giver shows me that I trust God. And my trust gets what grace has already made available to me. Now, here's what religion does. People plant seeds not trusting God, and they end up hoping and praying that it works. So take two people, both on plant seed, one of them gets a harvest, the other one is not. Explain why. They both did the same thing. Take two buckets, take two people, put $100 in the bucket, and let's see who gets a harvest, who doesn't, and then you tell me why. Because the system, if, it, if, it, if that's all it is to it, it ought to work for anybody that puts something in the bucket. That's not the issue. The issue is the trust that you had. In doing what you did. That's why I say this is not about money. This is about
3: trust
2: and to try to make this system like the world system. It's wrong. We've done it for years. We've done it for years. We've done it. Um, We've even tried to make God like men. Uh, You know, uh, you know, say, well, we, we do things like, well, you know, The same way you treat your wife, I mean, you know, that's the exact same thing God is But God made it clear to us. He says, I am not a man that I should lie. He made it clear several times. In Isaiah 55, he kept talking about the fact, you're not dealing with a man. I am God. I made you. Okay? You can't even handle everything I am. I made you like me, and still trying to form me in you, so one day you can realize you are. You ain't ready for me to finish that, son. Does everybody see what I'm saying? It's an issue of trust. But that religious, traditional thinking that, 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 that people say, do this, and that'll make that happen. No. There's only one way. You can see the manifestations that grace has made available. It's through faith. It's through faith and trust in what the blood of Jesus has made available to us. Does everybody see the difference there? So you got to see yourself as, when I give, I'm doing it because I trust what God said. I trust what God said told me I'm going to be obedient because I trust what he said. I'm not giving to try to manufacture something that Jesus has already manufactured. I want to stay focused on that trust. Every single time I have an opportunity to give, whether it's in church or whether it's God dealing with me to to help somebody, I do that because I'm trusting God. If I didn't trust God, I would not give a dime in church. And I would never help anybody because I'd be be saving it all and holding on to it because I I wouldn't trust that what he said about this is going to come to pass. Well, I don't know when I'm going to need to trust God for bigger things, so I'm going to take every opportunity to stay focused in on maturing my trust in these lesser things. Money is the foundation by which I can exercise my strength from little to much. Amen. Y'all getting this? <laughs> Some of you life. like. Look at uh, Matthew six thirty-three. 33. I guess we're there. You, we ready yet? All right, so, but, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen? Do you see focus there? What, what are we focusing on? We're, we're, we're focusing on what? Seeking God. Seeking God. He's the source of everything. That's what my focus has got to be on, seeking God. So God's kind of prosperity results from faith. The highest form of giving is to help share the gospel. The highest form of giving is to help share the gospel, Would ultimately what helps people. But we've got to understand that his kind of prosperity, the God kind of, God kind of prosperity results from faith. It results from faith, man. It results from you trusting and believing the promises that God makes to us when we trust him enough with the finances, which are the little. Look at Second Corinthians chapter 9 in the midst of this, Second Corinthians 9 and 8. You're thinking? Now you understand the scripture where it says your tradition has made the word of no effect. And you can see why I have to teach this this grace every single day so it can just break up the fallow ground so we can get into deeper things like this. If, if, if you don't understand anything else tonight, I'm saying let the results be, okay, whatever, I trust God. Okay, whatever, I'm, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God for what I eat. I'm going to trust God for... Where I sleep, I'm going to trust God for my house. I'm going to trust God for my prosperity. I'm going to trust God. My focus is trusting him. My focus is trusting him. But if I get up here saying I'm going to work five jobs so I can be rich by the end of the year, and I ain't going to church, I ain't going to pray no more, I ain't read no more, I'm not going to talk to God, I ain't going to pay no attention to what he's saying. You see the obvious difference, right? You're trying to manufacture something through your own efforts. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, powerful scripture. Look at what he says in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now, you have to read the entire chapter 8 and chapter 9. It is absolutely talking about money. It is specifically talking about money. Apostle Paul was going over to the uh, church uh, uh, what was that, Macedonian church? And, man, they gave beyond their ability to give financially. And it kept moving into... Uh, Chapter 9, where it starts talking about how to give. And then notice how he says he responds. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. He said, as a result of their, man, that's powerful to me, as a result of their financial giving. And, I mean, this was like an amazing time of giving. It was like there was a grace of giving. In Chapter 8, it was talking about a grace of giving that was on them. And so here's what God did. He said, you know what? I'm able to make all grace increase. That word abound means to increase. All grace to increase towards you. Now, what happens when all grace is what is grace? Unmerited favor, undeserved favor. And God says, when you give, I am going to increase favor in your life because you trusted me enough. You gave trust in me, and I'm going to increase the favors. That means things you couldn't work for. Things you didn't, you weren't educated to, to receive, things you didn't deserve. He's, he's going to, see, when you do it your way, you can only do what you're equipped and qualified to do. And what you work for, you have to get what you deserve. But when you, when you do it trusting God, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you so much undeserved favor. Well, how much? Well, look at this verse. He says, I'll make all grace abound towards you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound and increase to every good work, because you trust me enough to take care of you. And this is, this is what it is. It's like they gave, trusting God. These were, listen, they were not rich people. They gave out of their very need. You, you know what that means to give out of what you need? I need this more, but I'm going to give it. And God came and he says, now I'm going to make all grace abound towards you. And God is able, the Amplified says, to make all grace, every favor, and every earthly blessing that there could be, every earthly blessing. Wow. That makes me dizzy. Every favor, every earthly blessing. He's able to make it come to you in abundance. Check that out. God says, if you trust me, I'm able to make this stuff come to you in abundance. I'm able to make it come to you in abundance. He he needs somebody to believe that. See, that's the issue. The issue is when you don't believe that, what do you do? You resign to seeing yourself as the source. you You can't make Every earthly blessing come to you. I don't care how hard you work. I don't care how many degrees you get. You can't make every earthly blessing come to you. Hallelujah. But God can. But God can? Financial prosperity should not be your goal. It's a byproduct.
6: It is a byproduct of what? Seeking God. God cares about the desires of your heart and your finances. He wants Christians to be stewards over the affairs of the kingdom of God. But are your desires aligned with the word of God? I want to make sure that you don't focus on getting the cash and not focus on trusting God. So if you need financial wisdom, there is grace for that. Found in this month's collection, the Holy Spirit Financial Advisor Combo. It includes the special gold edition financial stewardship capsule of 14 messages dealing with finances and trust. Also enjoy a featured song, global missions updates, behind the scenes photos and study notes just to get you started. You'll also receive Grace for Financial Stewardship, a mini book from Creflo Dollar that breaks down the importance of being a responsible steward and you will learn to trust the leading of the holy spirit with your financial decisions in this breakthrough book the holy spirit your financial advisor get the full combo today for a love gift of 55 dollars or more or for a gift of any amount get grace for financial stewardship the mini book call or log on today to get this one-of-a-kind resource the holy spirit financial advisor combo Today's society is full of chaos,
2: confusion, danger, and uncertainty. Some of the things we see happening in the world are downright frightening. But that's why we must put our trust in God and God alone. Because we're under grace, we're free to trust in God and his favor instead of leaning to our own understanding and giving in to fear. Now, I really want you to get a firm grasp of all that God's grace has made available to you. So today I'm giving everyone who contacts us a free copy of one of my most requested messages. This CD will open your eyes to the wonder of God's grace and reveal why it is nothing short of amazing.
6: Call today for one of Creflo Dollar's most thought-provoking messages, The Effects of Praise. Creflo Dollar wants to bless you with this free gift and show you how to praise your way to victory. Contact us today. My staff and I were tremendously
2: blessed by a testimony sent in from a viewer in Houston, Texas, and I want to take the time to share it with you on the air today. Here's what it said. Pastor Dollar's message of grace has been such a blessing to my life. He has really helped me to let go of religious works and retrain my mindset to embrace what grace has made available to me. I act, speak, and walk like I am the righteousness of God. I recently went through a very painful divorce, which left things a little tight financially. I had been searching for jobs that I was more than qualified for and received no calls back. I labored to enter into God's rest and started to confess it daily by believing it, receiving it, and thanking Him for it. I had an interview last week and was called back for a second interview this week. I received a call this morning saying they really want to hire me and offer Glory to God. You know, testimonies like this one are the reason I will never stop preaching this gospel of grace. When you understand grace, you are empowered to change your life. So, if you have a testimony to share, take a moment to post it on our website so you can be a blessing to others. As always, thank you for watching today's Changing Your World broadcast, and I'll see you next time.
5: grace message has impacted my life by um, helping me to realize that I don't have to do anything special to earn God's grace. Now, of course, I realize it doesn't give me permission to just go be wild and sin, but um, I don't have to worry about being goody-two-shoes, for lack of better words.
0: Grace means that I don't have to be perfect. I can make mistakes and it doesn't
5: mean that i'm a bad person or that i don't deserve good things
7: i know i'm not perfect i know i'm going to make mistakes and i used to beat myself up about making no mistakes but now that i know i'm under grace jesus is going to love me regardless he knows i'm going to make mistakes but with each mistake i learn and i strive to do better but it's the sense of freedom that i have
2: one guy. Being made the righteousness of God, not because you've been good and good, not because you do it all right, pray it all right, give it all right, because of Jesus. So that means without Jesus, we can't be nothing, but with Jesus, we have been
1: made
6: the righteousness of God. Grace means to me, really, God's just his favor upon me, you know, his blessing me, regardless of what I've done, knowing that, that that I couldn't do anything to actually deserve it. There's nothing I could do to deserve his favor, and yet he gives it to me, and yet he loves me, and he reminds me of the person that he sees me as. Believe
7: that God loves you, and since you know he loves you, you don't worry about anything.
6: of you is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Your generosity allows us to make a difference in the lives of people all over the world. Through Creflo Dollar Global Missions, we are providing food, clothing, crucial supplies, and the Word of God to people in the most remote regions of the world. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends. your love and financial support makes it possible to bring this message into billions of homes.
1: If gospel is what you want, the Word network is what you need is what you need. We're constantly growing, constantly moving. The Word Network is the largest African-American religious network in the world. If you're on the ground, you can watch us on television or listen to us on the radio. If you're in the air, you can see us on numerous airlines in the sky, including Frontier, JetBlue, and United Airlines. Airlines. And if you're on the go, you can stream us on every mobile device you have with our new and improved mobile app. We're on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, and Roku. And we broadcast live from all of your favorite conferences and events each and every year. The Word Network. Word Network. Seen in over 90 million homes in the U.S. and 200 countries abroad and growing, growing. We are the largest African-American religious network in the world. We are the Word Network. Bigger and better than ever. Catch the inspiration of Joseph Prince next on the Word Network. Now seen, now seen, in over 90 million homes in the United States and 200 countries abroad, the Word Network is the largest African-American religious network in the world.
0: The following paid program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. The
8: one redeeming is called Redeemer. Redeem means to buy back. Redeem means to repurchase. Something is lost. Something is sold away. Redeeming is bought back. Just when you think you have lost, you have not lost. As long as you have a Redeemer. This is the wonder of our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: Discover how you can live free of guilt, toxic emotions, and condemnations when you receive Joseph's brand new four-CD audio series, Guilt-Free, The Secret to Overcoming Condemnation. It's our thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry today. This month, you can also choose to receive this audio series as a digital MP3 download. Find freedom, joy, and renewed intimacy with the Lord as you receive his priceless gift of no condemnation and live with assurance, confidence, and peace as never before. For a specific gift to the ministry today, you can also request Joseph's latest two-DVD album, No More Shame, as well as other inspiring resources. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today.
8: Yesterday the Lord spoke to me, and the Lord said to me something that, you know when the Lord speaks, coming me, no, it's uh, powerful but simple, and it's simply powerful, amen? He said this to me, my grace, and for the first time I heard it this way, he said, my grace is my best for man's worst. God's grace is his best for man's worst, and he gave us heaven's best our Lord Jesus Christ. The value of a thing is seen by how much you are willing to give up to obtain that object. Amen? You may have $50 in your pocket and you have a nice-looking pair of shoes, ladies, you want to buy. It okay, doesn't cost $50 nowadays. Right? What am I talking about? A few hundred dollars, okay? Do you value your money or you value that? So it's seen in the object that's desired, and how much you're willing to give up for the object. God gave us his son because God saw how precious and how, I want to use this word carefully, not we are worthy of it, but we are worth his son. Amen. Are you listening, people? We are not worthy of, but we are worth. You're not someone without worth. You're someone with infinite worth. Amen. All the money in the world, I was reading another verse just uh, yesterday also, that a wealthy man, with all the money he has, he cannot redeem his brother. Amen. Nothing can redeem your soul. Your soul is eternal. Your soul is precious. And only the blood of Jesus can redeem your soul. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we know that uh, the gospel is all about believing right. The just shall live by faith. When you believe right, you will live right. Amen. There are a lot of people who are afraid. When you preach Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. People are so afraid that when you preach this, and this is the word of God. And it tells us we have. We're not trying to have it. We have. We have what? Redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have it, amen. We're not trying to get forgiveness, we are forgiven, amen. We are forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future. People are so afraid when you preach like this that you will produce licentiousness in the church that people will go crazy and commit all kinds of sins. But how can we, by believing the truth, produce a life of life? A lying lifestyle when we are believing the truth. How can God give us something that he did not in his wisdom see the prudence of it? The next verse says, which he made to abound. This forgiveness, this redemption, God made to abound towards us. I said this forgiveness of sins, God made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence i read about a wealthy man who was interviewed and he gives large you know, amounts of money away for philanthropic causes and objects and he was asked do you have any regret in giving all this money away and he said i never regret giving but i have regretted giving without wisdom giving without prudence do you know that when god plan this forgiveness for you, that you will enjoy this forgiveness. God did not do it like some of us. When we give, we can give at a whim or a fancy. We can give based on impulse. We can actually give something and actually harm. In fact, the wealthy man said that those times, in some cases, I gave out of impulse, and when I did that, I caused more harm than good. Now, but God doesn't forgive us like that. God forgives us with all wisdom and prudence in His forgiveness, God saw our life of sin, and God planned in such a way that the blood of Jesus is the only way. And God believes that if you believe the truth, it will have a powerful sanctifying effect on your life. We know that there are parents who are wealthy, okay, and even some are not so wealthy, but they are willing to give anything for their their kids. They might go without, but if their kid wants the latest iPhone, the latest. Uh, Android, the latest the this, the latest that, the latest whatever they'll give to their kids. And sometimes without wisdom and prudence. I understand. But the Lord doesn't forgive us, doesn't give to us forgiveness of sins without wisdom. So, in other words, when we preach that we have forgiveness of sins, how can anyone try to, to uh, spade the up? Try to say, like, you know, you gotta be careful about preaching that because. We got to preach everything with wisdom because my friend, the forgiveness of sins is our redemption. And the word we have in the Greek is in the present, active, indicative, which means the voice that is active, we must believe it, we must enjoy it, we must relish it, amen? And it is in the present tense, which means right now we have forgiveness, we're not trying to get forgiveness. We don't confess to be forgiven, we confess because we are forgiven. We have forgiveness of sins. And how, how do we have it? According to the riches of his grace. Not out of his riches. According to his riches. If a man is worth three hundred million dollars, according to his riches means every dollar is placed on the floor. And he says, Every one of it is yours. Out of means he's worth three hundred million, he gives you one million, that is out of. But according means he gives you all the three hundred million. We are not forgiven out of, we are forgiven according to the riches of his grace, in which he has abounded toward us in all wisdom. It comes with wisdom and prudence. Hallelujah. And when we preach the truth, we see lives transformed. In fact, I have here a testimony of a lady from Virginia, United States. Her name is Caroline. Uh, Let me read to you her testimony. I have been an alcoholic for 34 years. That's a long time. 34 years. Some people, uh, 20 years, they think that it's a long time already to be an alcoholic or to be addicted to anything. 34 years. Although I was born again at the age of 17, that did not stop me from falling into Satan's trap of mental life. I loved God in my heart, but my mind and body were not in agreement with me and I did not know why. I felt like I was drowning in a black mental and emotional pool called condemnation. You see, we think people like this, you know, when, when they are in sin and they are in the cycle of addiction and all that, we think they don't care about God. They don't care about the things of God. They, 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 they have no guilt and all that. It's not true. She says that every time she binge and she's in this cycle of deceit, she comes up with condemnation. The world is not trying to find a way into sin. I believe they're trying to find a way out. Many of them are enjoying their sin, but deep down they know it's destroying them. So believers, how much more believers? Let me speak for believers. I believe, I I have a perspective of those who are truly born again that they really want a way out of bondage, a way out of slavery, a way out of addiction, a way out of sin. I don't think believers are trying to find a way to be in sin, to find an excuse to sin, Like people like to say, you know, if you preach grace, don't you know there are people out there, all right, Christians who are waiting to find an excuse? My friend, I don't think people are trying to find an excuse, they're trying to find a way out. And I think we need to change our perspective of people before we can stand in the pulpit. I don't think if we hate people, we can stand in the pulpit. There is a difference between people who have sinned. You know, you don't hate people with cancer, but in fact, you hate the cancer because you love the person. So how can we stand in the pulpit and preach, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, when you don't believe in everlasting life. If you are a preacher and, and, and or a leader and you don't believe in everlasting life, you believe that a Christian can lose his salvation, then how can you stand up and preach John 3.16 and tell people if you believe in Christ, you'll have eternal life. When deep in your heart you don't believe that. If eternal life is not eternal, eternal life, why do you preach it? Why do we tell people we believe in Jesus' have everlasting life when they can undo the everlasting life? My friend, you see how, how, how crazy, how, how silly the whole thing sounds? No wonder we are not raising a, 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 an army of, of missionaries, of history makers, world changers who can go out there and infect the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because deep in our hearts, we ourselves don't believe that. We don't believe in eternal life. We believe that we can undo our eternal life. Then the next question comes, what sin will cause you to undo your Christian life? What sin? The devil will always have you playing around, you know, in this doubt and merry-go-round of uncertainty, and he's got you. No, friend, when you are born again, you are born again forever. Amen. Jesus says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. What is it about never we don't understand? When my Lord Jesus says we will never perish, we will never perish. Can I have a good amen? Now, I didn't talk about people who are in church who are not born again. They call themselves Christians. I'm not talking about those who fill in the form. It says, what's your sex? You say male or female. What's your age? You say 30 years old. What's your religion? Hmm, I think Christi- Christian is cool. Amen? I'm not talking about those who are not born again. You're truly born again. Friend, You are you are enjoying eternal life. You can never ever be thrown into hell. Are you listening people? Amen? Okay, back to the story. Huh? She says that she was in bondage to alcohol for 34 years. She, she said, I love God in my heart, but my mind and body were not in agreement. Once when I was recovering from the effect of an alcohol binge, I tuned into a Christian television channel God had led me to a sermon by Pastor Joseph Prince. By the way, I was in London uh, last week, and uh, in my hotel room, I switched on. You must understand that in London, there are TV programs and, and broadcasts. There are so many choices to choose from. But it so happened that that particular day, I switched on my TV, and I saw someone familiar. I just saw him in the mirror that morning, all right? And I was thinking to myself, it's like God was demonstrating to me how people, like, you, you, you read so, so many testimonies of people who switch on the TV, Right, in the midst of the, uh, the uh, you know, pornographic addiction or, 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 or alcohol addiction like this one, and then they, they encounter the gospel of grace. Only God can make them, because there's so many uh, documentaries, there's so many uh, uh, news networks on television. To find me is it really something that God is arranging, and I, and I feel blessed knowing that God would recommend my ministry. <laughs> Amen? It's more important than what people think. So she said she switched on, and she saw me, Even though my physical body was in horrible pain. So don't think for one moment that people are enjoying their bondage. People are in horrible pain. So she said she was, even though her body was in horrible pain, she said, I could not eat or drink. Even though I was still feeling guilty over my last bout with alcohol, I found comfort in watching this broadcast. I have been a student of the Bible for many years. See? Born again reading the Bible but found no deliverance. In the past, the word grace to my religious years and mine was just a pretty word used in beautiful church songs. Grace never had a fighting chance to free me because religious preachers were condemning me for my sins all the time. There was a laundry list of never-ending do's and don'ts that I knew in my alcoholic state I was unable to perform. But when when I heard Pastor Prince use the word grace on that dark, lonely night over your broadcast, there was such an enlightenment. Pastor Prince clarified what that word meant in God's kingdom and explained that it was never about me or my sins. When he preached on grace, on being all about Jesus, that was when the light of revelation turned on for me. My mind believed, my spirit knew, and my physical body was relieved because I had just heard the good news, it was finished. Just like when Jesus shouted from the wooden cross. This alcoholic was a highly favored and deeply loved child of the Most High God. God in His great love for me has given me double for my trouble. Listen, I have now been sober for more than 16 months. Amen, 16 months. It should takes them some time before they know it works, right? And it's good that they don't write to me immediately so that you know that the deliverance is permanent. So after 16 months, she wrote this testimony. She says that, by then I led four young women to Christ and help to baptize them in the sea. I have also written and published a book about addiction. Yes, I am free because of Jesus, and it is and shall always be about him. Thank you, Pastor Prince. Praise the Lord, hallelujah! Isn't God good? Amen. Once again, Ephesians 1, verse seven, in him we have redemption. Say redemption three times. Redemption. The one redeeming it's called redeemer in hebrew goel all right goel gaal is redeemed redeem means to buy back redeem means to repurchase something is lost something is sold away redeeming is bought back just when you think you have lost you have not lost as long as you have a redeemer the story of ruth in the bible the women In Bethlehem, told Naomi, Ruth's mother in law, Praise God who has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. Now, throughout my preaching, I'm going to use the word kinsman redeemer. Kinsman means your relative. But the New King James used the word relative redeemer. But I've been studying my Bible in the Old King James for many years. So here and there, you'll come out kinsman redeemer. Okay, I'm used to that. When I was preaching the series on Ruth, I used kinsman redeemer. Kinsman means relative all right your cousin your uncle your auntie your brother sister whatever they're all kinsmen they're all family relatives can have a good amen kinsman redeemer that means a relative who can redeem who can repurchase for you the forfeited inheritance or buy back uh, uh buy you back from slavery that is your relative redeemer to be a relative all right you just have to be in the family to be a redeemer you must be wealthy because the poor cannot redeem the poor Amen? The bound cannot, cannot redeem the bound. Amen? You've got to be wealthy. You've got to be able. And most importantly, you've got to be willing to redeem. We all know we have relatives who are wealthy who are not willing. Okay, never mind. You just brought them for the first time to church and they are sitting beside you, so you're going to say amen. I understand that. Alright? But how many understand this is the wonder of our Lord Jesus Christ? The reason why he became man. Why didn't God just redeem us from heaven as God? Why did He come as a man? Because only as a man can you be a relative redeemer, a kinsman redeemer. Amen. Now, of all the titles that the Lord Jesus Christ uses on Himself, now we all use the, 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 the term Lord, Messiah, Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Messiah. Greek is Christ. And uh, son of David, the bright and morning star, he himself called himself uh, the resurrection, the life, the way, the vine, the branch. Now, of all the terms the Lord uses, we know he's the son of God. Amen. But the one that he frequently used of himself, the number one title Jesus used of himself, is son of man. Though he's the son of God, he uses the phrase son of man. Why? He wants us to know, he wants the devils and Satan to know, he wants the angels to know that he came into this world to become our relative redeemer. Can I have a good amen? So when you have lost something because of your sins, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's read something very powerful from the book of Leviticus. Aren't you glad on a Sunday morning you are hearing the book of Leviticus? Yes, it's not an animal from NetGeo. it is from your Bible, Leviticus. Amen, that's the part where most people's Bibles, uh, those pages are still stuck. All right, so from, we're, we're going to preach from the law, we're going to take grace out, uh, because the, the, the law today can be taught in a way that Jesus taught it on the road of Emmaus. It's all about himself. Can I have a good amen? So Leviticus 25, verse 25, 25, 25. If one of your brethren becomes poor, now that's an indictment because God said to the, the children of Israel, that if you obey my commandments, there will be none poor among you. So the fact that someone becomes poor, that means in the nation of Israel back then, they have violated something, they have uh, broken God's commandments. or right, that's, that's, that's God's promise that none will become poor. And I can show you that verse as well, but for the time that we have, I'm going to focus on this. If one of your brethren becomes poor, so what happens is when you have troubles, and the troubles are your own making, does God leave you to yourself? Now this is a gracious provision here. If one of your brothers becomes poor and has sold some of his possession, talking about forfeited possession now, you have forfeited your house or your field, your inheritance, and if his redeeming relative comes to redeem it. Then he may redeem what his brother stole. Hey, hey, even when you have lost it, all mankind, when God wrote this law, it's not just a law for Israel. Yes, they applied this law back then, but it was, it was God showing man that all men have forfeited their inheritance. God made all of us, I should say, Adam, wealthy. Right? Come on. Adam and Eve had no life. Everything in this world was death. Every diamond, every gold, every amethyst, every sapphire, every ruby, everything was death. All the fruits of the field, every possession, every land, every tract of field was death. They owned it and they were the only one. So you must understand that they were wealthy, however you want define wealth. They were the richest person that ever lived on planet earth. But they, they forfeited all their inheritance because of one sin of disobedience. Amen. So, God is telling us the gospel story here. Not the entire gospel story. We'll, we'll look at other verses as well. But there is a story of what has happened to men. Men have become poor. Not because God changed his mind and decided to uh, put man in a poor environment, but man forfeited everything through his sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know men had clothing you know people think that man was born or made naked Adam and Eve. But Adam wasn't born you know God made Adam and Eve right the first man and woman and actually the Bible says they the man, God crowned man with glory and honor that when you look at Adam and Eve Okay, you don't see their physical body as as, uh, destitute of clothing. You see them clothed with something radiant, something bright, something, something uh, effervescent, something uh, uh, was uh, shining. It was shining out of them. And all the animals that's even larger than them, the mammoths, the dinosaurs, all obeyed men. When men spoke, they obeyed. God gave men dominion and God crowned. The word crown in Hebrew, atar, is a, a surrounding clothing. And when man speaks, everything obeys. And then the Bible says when man sinned, man forfeited. Your your English says man fell short of the glory. The Jerusalem Bible says man forfeited the glory of God. When man sinned, poof, the whole brightness disappeared. And then Adam and Eve realized they were naked. So for the first time, they look for something outside to clothe themselves. Everything in the, in, in the earth, animals, grow their clothing from inside out. Man is the first to get clothing from outside in.
0: Thank you for tuning in to our broadcast. You have watched highlights of a sermon by Joseph Prince. To order an audio CD of the full sermon, which is approximately 60 minutes long, call the toll-free number at 1-877-901-4300, or log on to josephprince.org now. Next on Joseph Prince.
8: God doesn't have to bother about us. But you know what? He cares. He's not willing for us to be lost. And God came down to where we were. Even when men do not know they are poor, lost, miserable, God still came to men and loved men.
0: Discover how you can live free of guilt, toxic emotions, and condemnations when you receive Joseph's brand-new 4-CD audio series, Guilt-Free, The Secret to Overcoming Condemnation. It's our thank you for your gift of any amount to the ministry today. This month, you can also choose to receive this audio series as a digital MP3 download. Find freedom, joy, and renewed intimacy with the Lord as you receive his priceless gift of no condemnation and live with assurance, confidence, and peace as never before. For a specific gift to the ministry today, you can also request Joseph's latest two-DVD album, No More Shame. In this inspiring teaching, see how Jesus has set you free from every shame by taking them upon himself at the cross. This collection includes the brand-new 10-CD audio recording of Joseph's latest book, Grace Revolution, and other exciting resources. To order these resources, call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org today.
5: contact with Pastor Prince about eight years ago, Absolutely. on television about 12 midnight, it was outstanding. Never in my life has the word of
8: God been revealed to us like it has been through We're going to bring the gospel back. You know what, people, Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So what is the truth of set you free? Praise is the truth. That
1: was set you free. It yeah. has been a tremendous walk. The liberty and the freedom to love, the freedom to live, the freedom to be who God has called me to be, has been
5: more than I can articulate. It's not about the man. It's the message in the man that God is putting in me. And we are here to stand to say that God is alive, rich, and well, and so am I.
0: Thank you, Grace Revolution Partners, for your prayers and generous support that helps us broadcast the gospel into millions of homes around the world. With your help, we're also able to be on the ground to reach out and make a difference in impoverished communities across Asia. If you've been blessed by today's message, we invite you to partner with us to impact the world with the gospel of grace. Call us toll-free at 1-877-901-4300 or visit us at josephprince.org partner today. Bye, Whatever you need today, health, provision, and favor, your Heavenly Father wants to freely give you. And he can because of a divine exchange that took place on the cross 2,000 years ago. On that cross, Jesus took upon himself all that is negative in your life so you can boldly step into his victorious life. For a specific gift to the ministry, you can request this brand-new 3-CD audio series, Redeemed to the Divine Exchange. For more information on how to order this powerful resource, call us toll-free at 1-877-901. Or visit us at josephprince.org today. Joseph Prince Ministries is a Section 501 C three nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible for the amount that exceeds any fair market.
3: Hey.
7: Okay, Haram Brachidoco Bokrandi, can say Haram boko gosa 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 Haram branded branded to yes Father we praise your name Borande shiru Boran Dishi to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say. Horam Branded to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say. Hi, Araco mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Uh huh. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Yes. Mhm. Praise you, Father.
9: Yes, yes.
4: Mhm, <sighs> hmm. thank you, Father. Yes. Gird us up, Lord. Keep us. We give you the glory, Father. We give you the glory, Father.
7: Strengthen us as we move. Keep us. As we move, Lord. Keep us. As we move, Father. Keep us. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
9: saka you, Holy se.
7: Yes, Holy Spirit, move, move, move. Borandikeshi to go sashi to go say, Shit of Cossashi to go say, Shit of Gosar and Dike Harandiki to go Gose Harandiki, Shit of Cossanda to go say, Shit Holy Spirit, we praise you, we glorify you. Boradisha Raka. Bora, she did get a gosset, she to gosset, she to gosset, she to gosset, she to gosset. Harandeke, it goes, she to gosset, Yes, Holy Spirit, we praise you. Horandiki de Kumbraka, Harandiki de Gosset, Harandiki de Gossaka, Dishi de Gosset, she to gosset, she to Harandiki de Randi the yes, yes. yes. We praise your name. we glorify you. we praise your name. we glorify you. we praise your name. We glorify you. we praise your name. We glorify you All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whatever. I'm actually redoing my list as we speak. So I don't know who's on if anybody wanna do nothing. If not, I do the list. Doesn't matter. Um. Yeah, yeah i all just going to wait a minute. Rose, I'm watching it. Okay, I'm gonna start with those we cover in prayer. <sighs> I do the children later. Um, Irian, The run to go run to go go to go to go say go to go go say to go say to go to go say to go say to go go say to go say to go go to go say go 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 to go say go to 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 Shoulda go say, should go say, go say, The Tolan family, horror on negotiation go say, negotiation, 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 should go should Move family, the Tolan family. Teresa Crosby, Tristan Hardy who should go say should go should go say should go
9: should go say should go go
7: say should negotiation, should go say should go should go say should go go say should should go should go go say she go say should go say go say she go Manual Rosa, Harakosa, she
9: sakara. Ah Okay, negotiation,
7: Rochelle de negotiation, the negotiation, Duranda
9: negotiating, shakara.
7: Richard Thomas, negotiation, Johnson and
9: Jackson family. negotiation, negotiation, Sakura Renee
7: in the to go go fish, go go fish, go go fish, go fish, go fish, go go fish, go fish, go fish, go 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 fish, go 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 fish, go go fish, to go fish, go fish, go fish, go go uh. Got Diane and Sandy, William and Debbie, hundred the station, the the station, the station, the the
9: station, the the station, the station, the the the
7: Kevin Holden family. Hush you to go fish, you go fish, you go fish. push you go fish, you go fish, you go fish, you go fish. Ah, it's dope. Got Dwight McCombs, Horror negotiation to go station to go station to go station to go 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 say shoulda go to go say Parasha Sakara. got Lady on Cottage Grove, to go station to go 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 station go 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 station to go 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 say, go say, go say, go say, go say. go 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 You got Claire Harper. Hundred to go, six, she to go, she to go, six, she go, six, she go, six, she go, she go, she go, she go, 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 she to go, she go, she go, she go, to go, to go, to to go, go, to go, go, to go, she go, she to go, she go, she go, she go, to go, 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 young man on 107th Street. and two groups of people we pray for. Mary Mathis and Ariel for Hara Shirk to to go to to go to to go to to go Harako, she to go to to go 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 to to go 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 go to go Christian Eason Tisa, Horashi to go fish to go to go Alyssa Love, to go she go to go fish go fish to go to go go to go go fish she go fish she go fish to go fish go to to go say she go to go fish she go fish go fish to to go 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 to go to go Mike Bradley Hernandez. Hurry <sighs> go go say go Keith Powell Jr. go go she Sarah Thompson. go Benjamin Beaufield.
9: Hurry go go
7: Lal and Anthony, Hush to go fish, go fish, go fish, go suck, suck it Courtney, Colin, Brandon, Hush to go fish, go fish, go go it up. Nick, Brandon, Holly, and Samantha, Hush to go fish, go fish, go suck it up. Reggie's friend Didi, Hush to go fish, go fish, go suck it up. Marissa DeMarcus and Maya, Hush to go fish, go suck it I got Nick, Brandon, Holly, and Samantha, Shirakasa, suck it up. Caleb Boylan, Sarah Thompson, Okay, that's everybody. AJ okay. and family: Raheem, Powell, April Morris, Capri, Kia, Shel, Victor, Brianna, Loji Anaya, Tyler, Jasmine, Devon, Amber, Brianna, Teresa, McAdams, Isaac, Jacquelyn, James, and Tristan Petrie. Okay, Rosen Hospital Community. Go to Brandi,
9: go to go to go go to go to Saka, Saka.
7: Watch it, go go Rose Jones, go 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 Hush to go 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 the Sakura. Sakura. My parents, Hush to go go station, go Sakura. City of Atlanta, Hush to go 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 Sakura. President Obama, harakara Kara, she Sakura. Mastermind Group, Bush to go go station, Sakura. TTC, should go go station, Sakura. Donna Johnson, the family, she to go go Sakura. Maria Mathis, she should go say
3: she
7: should go say she should go say, <sighs> Chris, go go say she go it up. Hodges Jr., honey the gun the gun go Steve Saul, she go say she go Attorney Elijah, she go say she go Pamela honey the gun go Daniel Watson and Watson family, she go Donna Johnson family. Okay. Then I got marky e. Charles II. She should go see, she should go she she soccer. Soccer. Pastor Mark, running the
9: gun, the it the did the gun to the gun to the
7: go saw, And myself. What should the go say? She fish she the go saw, That gives us serious refuge refugees, people in the gifting class. Joyce Mason, Alex Thompson, Ellen, and Chris Foster. Helpmates. Andrew John Jonathan Dunlap, oh, <coughs> Damon, Holly, Denise, and Terry, Sam McNabb, Barbara Carson, the family, Strivers and DJ Jerry, Salter's cousin, Sherry, Louie, Yarbrough, Carlos Smith, Corey Dennis, Gully, Jenkins, Seed, Senior, Flat Academy, Smith, <coughs> Ferguson, Subway, Vaughn, Inlo, Nate, Regina, CFF, Crockett, I don't know if they can't roll more. Randall goes say she'll go say she'll go Rando go Saka.
9: go say she'll go circle, sarca.
7: Alright. That's my three lists. Anybody wanna do anything? I'm gonna change phones in a minute anyway. Uh <sighs> huh. Alright, deceasing hospital should have should I go say she to go say she go says she go says she go says she sakara pressure diminished in the family under go say she'll go say rasa sakara sticking the shutter in how she go says she go says she go rasa sakara deceased in hospital shash of say she go soccer sakara congregation and churches are how move cat or shit should go say she should have congregation churches Fresh from the family, missionaries on the ground. Go right, um, whatever go say, will pick go up when I get
9: in the car. go say, say, All right, I'm back. Um, congregation Church at the Season has the and shut in. Abuse and addiction. Around Missionaries. I guess that's everybody. I do my other lists. Uh, financial breakthroughs. walking in the negotiation, 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Um. <is> the sermon, our she goes, <laughs> go, 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 Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. honorable she go, Peace, peace surpasses all understanding. of all understanding. usesh, of usesh, of of usesh, of usesh, of usesh, of usesh, of Umbrosia is The all understanding, Discerning. Knowledge which understand, the financial breakthroughs, health feeling, and restoration. You negotiation, go go you go Supernatural, you strength you. gives guest 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 negotiation, 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 <laughs> Can't think anything else right now. <laughs> Yep, I guess that's everything. I'm on the process of dropping my daughter off. Um, I read, do a reading when we get back home. If nobody else got anything. I ain't got nothing to say right
3: now.
9: Oh no, you got something to say, huh?
4: Oh.
3: Yeah,
9: I'm back with anybody there. alright
3: $1,000 or $1,000 $1,000 per day, you visit HR block. slash can HR block.com forward slash plan, so we can find out how you qualify to win $1,000 a, a day. Everybody can go see um, HR block to get you back more money than case uh-huh. You can call 1-800-HR-BLOCK. It's not not to rebuild our whole break progress. I on you going to place Everything going to, that I to
1: yeah. <coughs> gonna be <tickle>
3: uh, you can Follow me You can You can
7: Go run, shed a co brush, shed a go say, shed go say, shed a go say, shed a go say, Yarambranded go Sandra, Shedco Bocos, shed a go say, Harambranded go say, Shadaka, Shanded go say, Hundred a go this, Shanded sada. Christ our Passover. Where the, wherever the Bible has gone, the story of the night when the Passover was first observed in Jesus has been told. Wherever a Jew exists on the face of the earth, that night is remembered, celebrated, and pointed to as the greatest event in their national history. Of the historical truthfulness, there can be no question. It is the most remarkable instance of divine intervention recorded in the scriptures. The children of Israel, from being the honored guests of Pharaoh, became his slaves. As slaves, they desired freedom, but their struggles for freedom only increased their bondage, Exodus one13 13-14. And in the despair they called upon God, Exodus two twenty three to 25 and God sent a deliverer, Moses, and through him said to Pharaoh, Let my people go, that they may serve me, Exodus 8 and 1. The children of Israel were not made for Egypt, nor Egypt for them, they were made for Canaan. God intended that they should drink of the water of Jordan, not of the water of the Nile. While they were born in bondage, they were made for liberty." God had told Abraham that his seed should be a stranger in a land that was not theirs, where they should be afflicted for 400 years, and afterwards should come out with great substance. Genesis 1513 14 When the time for their deliverance and return to Canaan had come, God found it necessary to wean them from Egypt by making their lot in Egypt unendurable. To this end, he stirred up the heart of Pharaoh to increase their burdens. The deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt is a type of the deliverance of the sinner from bondage of sin and is well worth our study. Egypt is a type of this present evil world. In Moses' day, it is presented the best specimen of worldly glory and magnificence that the world has ever seen. In it were gather the world's wealth, art, and commerce. As seen in its ruins, there was nothing lacking in, in which it could gratify the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The food of Egypt was not only plentiful, but gross and stimulating. It was co- composed of cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Egypt was also famous for its fish, new, uh, Numbers 114 4-5. But Egypt was not to be compared with Canaan for beauty or for food. For Canaan was a land of, land of figs and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey, of new corn and wine, Deuteronomy 8-9. Pharaoh was a type of Satan. Egypt was full of idolatry, the very stronghold of Satan, and a hotbed of every species of sin. Having Israel in his power, Pharaoh tried to make it permanent. That is what Satan tries to do with the sinner. It is Satan's taskmasters who make the sinner sweat in hard bondage. Moses was a type of Christ. Notice that God is always beforehand with his salvation. Salvation is no afterthought of God. God's preparing Moses in the wilderness for the work he was to do in delivering Israel. The quickest way to get relief is via the throne of God. Israel phoned to God. God phoned to Moses. God always knows where the man needed for the occasion is. In fact, owing to his foreknowledge, he has him ready. When Moses appeared in Egypt and made his mission known, there was trouble. He was looked upon as a labor agitator, and Pharaoh increased the burdens of the children of Israel. So Satan makes the way rough for the sinner who desires to get away from him. When Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go, then God took a hand and proceeded to bring judgment in the form of plagues upon Egypt. The purpose of the plagues was to make Pharaoh and the Egyptians see that the God of Israel was stronger than the gods of Egypt. The plagues were ten in number and distributed over about a year. With the exception of the first and the last, they were natural phenomena common to Egypt. The miraculous thing that being, they came and went at the command of God and were of great severity. The ten plagues were judgments against the gods of Egypt. Water into the blood against the Nile, the idle river. Frogs against the worship of frogs. Lice against the earth, earth God Sib, and the priests who could get no officiate when vermin was upon them. Flies against the atmosphere, Shu, the son of Rob, the sun god. Moraine against the sacred bull, Apis. Boils against the sutrage or typhoon to whom were victims were offered. The ashes flung to the winds. Locusts against the sacred beetle. Hell against shua Darkness against the sun god Ra, of whom Pharaoh was believed to be the child. Death of the firstborn against a nation guilty of wholesale infanticide infant, infant in order that all male Hebrew children should be cast into the river now, Exodus 1 and 22. The first nine plagues may divided into three groups of three plagues each. In the first of two, each group Pharaoh was warned, and the last no warning was given. The, the first group was only affected the, fir- the first group was only affected the comfort of the people and were universal upon the Egyptians and the Israelites like. The second group affected only the Egyptians. The children of Israel's cattle were spared for sacrifice. Here, property suffered. The third group mainly fell upon the Egyptians, there being no hell in the land of Goshen, and the children of Israel had light light, light in their dwellings. I'm going to just stop it there. Okay. Let me mark that. Okay. Wherever the Bible has gone, the story of the night when the Passover was first observed in Egypt has been told. Wherever a Jew exists on the face of the earth, that night is remembered, celebrated, and pointed to as the greatest event in their national history. Of its historical truthfulness, there can be no question. It is the most remarkable instance of divine intervention recorded in the scriptures. The children of Israel, from being the honored guests of Pharaoh, became as slaves. As slaves, they desired freedom, but their struggles for freedom only increased their bondage. Exodus 1 to 14. And in their despair, they called upon God, Exodus two twenty three through 25 And God sent a deliverer, Moses, and through him said to Pharaoh, Let my people go, that they may serve me, Exodus 8 and 1. The children of Israel were not made for Egypt, nor Egypt for them. They were made for Canaan. God intended they should drink the water of Jordan, not the water of the Nile. While they were born in bondage, they were made for liberty. God had told Abraham that the seed should be a stranger in a land that was not theirs, where they should be afflicted for 400 years. And afterwards should come out with great substance, Genesis 15, 13-14. When the time came for their deliverance to return to Canaan to come, God found it necessary to wean them from Egypt, by making their life in Egypt unendurable. To this end, he stirred up the heart of Pharaoh to increase their burden. So basically, we're seeing 400 years of struggle in the plan of God from what he stated until it actually manifested. 400 years, I think that's a few people's lifetimes. I mean, at the minimum, if people lived 100 years old, that's at least four generations right there. So God had a plan. He had a plan to take a, his people to a certain land and for them to multiply. Because remember when Joseph came and his family came to Egypt, they were honored guests. That's what he's talking about, because there was famine in the land. They, I think it was however many um, Israel's family came there, and there they came and they multiplied and they increased. So they increased from iron and to the point that they were slaves because the Egyptians were beginning to fear them because they were outnumbering their own people. So they put them in bondage and they made them slaves. So, again, but this has already been stated back when Abraham, when God told Abraham what he was going to do. He told him, right here it states again. He says, my pe- where is it at? God had told Abraham that a seed should be a stranger in a land that was not theirs where they should be afflicted for 400 years, after which should come out with great substance. And see, just think about it. In one sentence, God tells his plans, his 400-year, four, four, five, actually more than 400-year plans. They were going to be afflicted for 400 years, but he told this to Abraham even before then. Just think about when God tells you your plans or shows you your plan for your life. This is your end result. And the struggles that you go through. But see, God already knows the end. We have to endure to the end. We have to, have to seek God for the strength, for the guidance, for direction to fulfill the plan that he has for our life. He had a plan for his people. The plan was that they should go into a land. They were, once again, they were going to a land that was not theirs where they should be afflicted for 400 years. They're going to be strangers. He had a plan for his people. His word had to be fulfilled. At the end of the, the, end of the time frame that he had deemed necessary, he had a plan to bring them out. And that was through Moses. The deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt is a type of deliverance of the sinner from the bondage of sin and is well, worthy our study, well worth our study. Egypt is a type of this present evil world. And Moses' days presented the best specimen of worldly glory and magnificent that the world has ever seen. In it would gather the world's wealth, art, and commerce. As seen in the ruins, there was nothing lacking in that which could gratify the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. The food of Egypt was not only plentiful, but gross and stimulating. It was composed of cucumbers, melons, lynx, onions, and garlic. Egypt was also famous for its fish, numbers 114 through 5. But Egypt was not to be compared with Canaan for beauty or for food. for Canaan was a land of figs and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey, of new corn and wine, Deuteronomy 8, 8 through 9. So both lands had a lot to offer, and it's, you know, I'm, as I'm reading about Egypt, and how they were beauty, art, wealth, and commerce, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. I think about America. I think about um, Europe. You know, we, we, we're, we're plentiful in these things, you know, but lacking in the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Pharaoh was a type of Satan. Egypt was full of idolatry, the very stronghold of Satan, and a hotbed of every species of sin. Having Israel in his power, Pharaoh tried to make it permanent. That is what Satan tries to do with the sinner. It is Satan's taskmasters who make the sinner sweat in hard bondage. Moses was a type of Christ. Notice that God is always beforehand with his salvation. Salvation is not an afterthought of God's. God was preparing Moses in the wilderness for the work he was to do in delivering Israel. The quickest way to get relief via the throne is via the throne of God. Israel phoned to God, God phoned to Moses. God always knows where the man needed for the occasion is. In fact, owing to his foreknowledge, he has him ready. When Moses appeared in Egypt and made his, commission, his mission known, there was trouble. He was looked upon as a labor agitator, and Pharaoh increased the burdens of the children of Israel. So Satan makes the way rough for a sinner who desired to get away from him. Moses was being prepared by God in the wilderness. To do a great mighty work, it said. talked about God's foreknowledge. He already knows what needs to happen. He already planned it. Again, he had already spoken it. What centuries before? What what his people are gonna do? So he had been preparing his people as well as the person that he was gonna be used to get his plan fulfilled. And he did it. He did it then, and he's doing it now. He's doing it now. We are infinite. We are finite. We don't understand the fullness of who God is and how he works. Even on our best day, even on our highest level, we just can't. It gets hard to trust God, though, at times, especially when you're going through. I'm going through right now. I'm pissed, agitated, and frustrated, a whole lot of things. It gets hard to trust him, you know, and to walk out his word and do the things he's calling you to do. So don't think it's easy. Don't think that, you're, that, that, that your struggles are not purposeful, that the things you're going through are not purposeful. He has reasons for all of it, but draw to him, draw from him, and let him finish what he started in your life. Let him give you what is needed so, so you can fulfill the plan and purpose and calling that he has intended for you to do. When Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go, then God took a hand and proceeded to bring judgments in the form of plague to Egypt. The purpose of the plagues was to make Pharaoh and the Egyptians see that God of Israel was no strong, was God of Israel was stronger than the gods of Egypt. The plagues were ten in number and distributed over about a year. With the exception of the first and the last, they were natural phenomena common to Egypt. The miraculous thing that after being they came and went at the command of God and with great severity. Now I'm gonna stop that right there. See, we seen the movie. You know, Moses comes in there and they go through the things and whatever, and then they leave. He just said right here that these plagues were over the course of about a year. See, that's the thing you must get an understanding of when it comes to God and his word and the stories in the Bible. It's just like we look we look at a movie or a sitcom and and whatever problem they have is resolved in that half an hour or by the end of the movie. But even in the sitcoms, even in the movies, there are time frames that have occurred that we, because we don't see. And so that's what happens. We don't get a, a, a turnaround right away. We don't get what we thought going in right away. And then we'll quit. Moses was sent in there to deliver God's people. And the first time he, when he came up there, what was he called? He was called a labor agitator and their burdens increased they took away the straw they made them go get their own straw they did so their burdens increased and they had to endure this for over a year every time they thought they were going to get relief something else happened something harder but god had a plan god's hand was upon the situation and circumstance all the while. So that's why you can't give up while you're going through. God has a plan. You might not see. Moses did not go in there knowing, what well, God's going to give 10 plagues. And the, he didn't go in there knowing that. He went in there saying, God sent me to bring his people out. Did he know every detail? No. He does just like you and I need to do. He did just like you and I need to do. Get up, go to God, ask him what it is we need to do, get our work in order, then go to work. He did not go out there, okay, Lord, I'm going to be here about a year. I'm going to go through ten plagues. Um, That didn't happen. If anything, he went there thinking that he was going to say, let my people go, and then it might happen the next day. It was over a course of a year, ten plagues, everything coming at him, and he still stood. He still saw God. The people even turned. The very people that he was coming in to deliver even turned on him.
4: I'm going to just keep reading.
7: The purpose of the plagues was to make Pharaoh and the Egyptians see that God of Israel was stronger than the gods of Egypt. The plagues were ten in number and distributed over a year. With the exception of the first and last, they were natural phenomena common to Egypt. The miraculous thing that being, they came and went at the command of God and were of great severity. The ten plagues were judgments against the gods of Egypt water into blood against the Nile, the idol river, frogs against the worship of frogs, lice against the earth god Seb and the priests, who could not officiate when vermin was upon them, flies against the atmosphere. Shua, son of Ra, the sun god. Moraine against the sacred bull, Apis. Boils against Suchich or Typhon to whom victims were offered, the ashes being flung to the winds. Locusts against the sacred beetle. hail against Shua; Darkness against the sun god, Ra, whom Pharaoh was believed to be the child. Death of, of the firstborn against the nation, guilty of wholesale infant, infant, infant side, in order all the male Hebrew children be cast into the river now. Exodus 1 the first nine plagues may be divided into three groups, or three plagues each. In the first two of each group, Pharaoh was warned, and the last two no warning was given. The first group only affected the comfort of the people, and when universal upon the Egyptians and Israelites alike. The second group affected only the Egyptians. The children of Israel's cattle were spared for sacrifice. Here, the property suffered. The third group fell mainly upon the Egyptians, there being no hell in the land of Goshen, and the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. And that is the end of our story. Questions, comments, criticisms, etc. you
5: think that's going to happen here? Huh? Uh, did you think that's happening here in the yes. United States? Like the gods that we have, you know, our the one people that we put up as idols are slowly being, you know, before our eyes they're being, you know, cut down or. Or deleted or eliminated slowly but surely?
7: Well, you know, I, I would say that maybe it's a combination of everything. Um, a lot of times, especially being in the last days, a lot of things need to be brought to light. Um,. You know, a lot of a lot of things that's in darkness people are doing, will uh, be brought to light. You know, just because of the fact that God gets tired of it, but then also because we are in the last days, there's going to be a lot more of it, and ultimately, we're gonna have. they're gonna be on a worldwide level. There's gonna be an attack upon the church, the body of Christ, not the church, the buildings, and this, and the other. So I think it's a lot of things going on for a lot of different reasons. But that, the ultimately, okay, like we just talked about how God has said that in 400 years my people is going to come out and he, he had already made a way. Well, we know that there is going to be the church against the world. So it's a lot of things that are, are culminating and in, in positioning themselves so that that battle will, will occur. Okay. So, it's, you know, that's what I'm saying. So it's a lot. You know, it's, it's it's a lot. And then even in what you're saying, we're talking about darkness and light, even in his in his kingdom, and it's, he says uh, his children, and I forget the scripture of it, but his, his persecution is going to come to the house of God first. He's got to clean up his people first before he, you know, so that his people had no spot, rinkish, or blemish. So it's going to come to us first being in the body so he can clean us up, so he can use us before he goes to the world. So, so again, it's a lot, a lot of different, you know, things that's going on. Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm.
7: And how are you?
5: I'm good in yourself.
7: I'm here, moving around.
5: Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much the same. I gotta confess, I backed up just a little bit. I did, but um, I was hoping y'all was on the call today. I can give some encouraging words, and I did so. Well, that's good. Yeah.
7: So you backed up how, meaning what?
5: I kind of just, I did my little stop. Okay. You know, I did, I stopped. And I stopped, um, so it's almost been a month.
7: So <laughs> by long as the call went off, huh? <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. And so I had, um I finally got, because I was waiting to see if I was going to get my, if I was going to get unemployment or not, you know, and I was just, I've been looking for a job and I've been doing the, you know, doing the, the, um, going through the motions, mm-hmm. but not actually moving or doing anything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yesterday I finally got the letter that said that no, you're not going to get unemployment. And so I had, you know, so that was like that was the answer to a prayer because I was like, okay, Lord, I said, you know what, if I if I get unemployment, I'll know this. If I don't get unemployment, I'll know this, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I was like, okay, no unemployment. So that explains a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, that I've been hearing and seeing and stuff. So I was like, okay. So I told my daughter last night, I said, you know what? I said, we're about to fast track it. I said, are you ready? (laughs) You know, I said, we're about to fast track. So, and I was telling the kids on Sunday, I said, my fear of failure has always held me back. You know, you know, you always, and then you look back and you're like, well, I I, well, I accomplished so much stuff, but I only accomplished the things that I knew I would be good at. So now I'm going into a realm that's totally different. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> so talking to y'all over the years has really got me to this point. So God has always orchestrated exactly where he wanted, you know, where he wanted me to be. So,
7: Interesting. Yeah. Actually, a couple of things you said, kind of interesting. Um, this morning when I was shoveling the snow, I guess God more spoke to me than I was talking to him, to be honest with you. Um, and...
5: He brought up fear to me, and I just was like, Hmm.
7: And then, he as I, up. huh? He brought up what fear, okay. And, and and I just paused for a minute, and I thought, I, I mean, you know how you, well, you, well, you know how God is, gives you something to make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, I had to think, I said, I. I never, you know, fear, I mean, I, it's like, I don't know if I'm fearful. But then, as I thought about it, said, but evidently there is an element of fear there. What if this doesn't work? What if this doesn't manifest? You know, and I, I never, you know, I guess with me, because it's just so whew, much that I'm dealing with that's on my plate, uh, then there, I guess there is an element of fear, but it's like I really don't, I don't feed it.
3: Mhm.
7: And I guess that's important because there's always gonna be element of, of, of fear or whatever of, or something. But what are you feeding?
3: Mm.
7: So as long as I'm feeding my faith, even if fear is there, it's not, it's not gonna, it's not gonna have a chance to, to grab hold of me. And mostly, and I'm going to say even more so. Well, probably like a a a combination of feeding my faith and keeping moving. Cause the only way that I can keep moving is to feed my faith. The only way I can keep feeding my it's like a do it's like. It's like they both are, like, side by side. At one point in time, faith might be a little bit above, or you know, at another point in time, keep moving might be above. But I got to keep moving. When my situations and circumstances dictate that I move, I, I don't even have that option.
3: Right.
7: I, I just get slapped. With, <laughs> <laughs>
3: you
7: know, but uh, anyway, it was just interesting that, that element of fear kind of came up today. And I, I, ne- I never really – I mean, maybe – maybe a while i don't even know how long i don't know of me even I, I don't operate out of fear i guess I should say that but i guess just because we are in flesh and you know we are human there is an element of fear that resides with me but i don't feed it and i don't dwell there
5: and that's the, and that's the thing and i you know and i'm and that's where i need to get to And I believe that's where I am now because it's like when I got the letter yesterday, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, fear did try to, like, take hold. But it was just like a calmness came over. It's one of those things that now that's where the faith kicks in. You know, that's where you have to, um, your fear outweighs your faith. Right, right. Or your faith outweighs your fear. So it's like it's that kind of thing. You know? And that's basically where you are, and I think that's where God wants all of us to be where he's not saying that you're not gonna fear, but he's saying that your faith should outweigh your
7: fear. Right. Right. You right. know?
5: And to be there is it's 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 a job.
7: <laughs> oh, come on, can you say that about twelve times louder?
5: <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's a job and you know and I had to I had to I had to really I had to really say, you know, what lord, thank you. Because you know, we will never put our I mean cuz even going back to what you read today, which kind of really confirms, you know, what me and me and God have been talking about pre- pretty much is, you know, he has to – to take you through that process of bringing you from fear to faith, you know, so you have to go through everything that you idolized, you know what I mean, like you know is it is it your if it's your health, if it's your body, if it's your money, if it's your family, he has to like take you through all of those things and show you the ugliness of it so that you put your eyes back to him. You know what I mean? And then once you see him, everything else you know, they're put in their correct place. They're no longer put on a pedestal. They're put exactly where they're supposed to be, you know. And then, therefore, you no longer fear when those things fall off and those things don't work the way they're supposed to work because now you have faith enough. To know that God is in control and He will provide. He will, you know, He'll 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 work out. He like the scripture says, He works everything out in your favor, you know. So we have to when we get to that point, He can work from our faith. He can't work in our fear. He can't work in our fear.
7: I mean, you you said a whole bunch of things there. I mean, I I say often again, I got a definition of fear and a definition of faith. What is the definition of fear? Believing in those things which not have not yet occurred. What is the definition of faith? Believing in those things which have not yet occurred.
3: Uh
7: mm-hmm. huh. You know, but they're coming from two different realms, and so it, you know what you said is a mouthful. You know, anything God will. He's a jealous God, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, in other words, because all things come from him. Mm-hmm. So when we put, like you say, even to the point that you put your health above your relationship with him, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he will allow you to to, to to get to that point in your walk where what are you going to value more? this thing and you look know, cause you said idolize but it's even I mean you don't really idolize your health, you you you, 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 you um you, you appreciate it, you need it but you know even saying, and, and not trying to say that God wants us to be unhealthy, that's contradictory to the word and we're not saying that at all. No. But nothing is supposed to come before him and you have to get to that point in your walk and you can only get to that point through experience. By actually having it on the line, and see that's what's going on with you. Now it's see it's a different thing when when everything is on the line, <laughs> you know, a whole other mentality. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, just like last night, I was looking at the championship game. You know, they was them boys was going at it. They was back and forth because they was laying it all out on the line. Well, what about you doing that every day in your walk? Where you know, okay, see, in the old days, if I go home and I don't catch nothing to eat, we gonna starve. Right. Okay. So I now I gotta catch something. I gotta gotta catch some fish. I gotta get a else my family's gonna have nothing to eat. And that was their mentality. And, and so, see, that's what's where you're at now. And what you're doing, you said, when you have that peace, is because you're, you're, you're at the point where, because you recognize God, it can only happen in you and through you. And you're learning how to turn it over to Him. Yeah. And, and to trust that. Now, give
9: me a hot dog and then I'll. And, hot
7: dog. and see, that's the other thing. It's time. That's the other thing, I guess, with me right now is the trust aspect. Well, I'm frustrated. All these years, you've been getting breakfast. Now you're coming out after a hot dog at breakfast time. So it's just just that you point out a lot of different things.
9: (coughs) I haven't
3: cooked breakfast yet.
5: Thing about it is he he makes he he points it out to us, but we just have to be willing to see it. Say that again. He points everything out to us, and but it's up to us to
7: see it. It's you know what? To see Go ahead. that's kind of like when I was talking on Sunday how we need to embrace our situations and circumstances rather than running from them, being ashamed of them. Cuz I I was talking about, you know, I said the movie fame when he when um Charles Duggan gave that speech to the other boy, then that's the same thing God is pointing stuff out to us so we can see it whether it's a mistake or whether it's something we did right. Mhm. But again for us to see it and and embrace it does does and embrace it does not mean if it's some dumb stuff to keep doing the dumb stuff <laughs> right but to see it for what it is what what how did you get in that position what gates were open in your life what was your mindset what led you to that point Okay so that that's what I'm talking about embracing actually studying it on the scientific scientific terminology observing meaning pl- seeing what really had to so that you don't do it again or that you can begin to cut things off or that you can begin to make changes and that's what I mean by embracing that's what I mean by seeing you know so we so we don't continue to be in the same position, whether it's operating in fear, okay, you're operating in fear. why are you operating in fear, okay now, since we're on the line we 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 go there what what's what's opening those doors? How did you get there what did, is this something that's a generational curse, okay? Mm-hmm. Is is this something that you did? Is it a combination of the above? How did you get there so that you can begin to break the yokes, those things that that have gotten you to that point, so now you can make a turnaround? See, that's the difference between the world and the word. Whereas the world, they will have and they have a lot of the the, the mythologies as far as the approaches, and they are good and valid talking about positive thinking and changing your mindset, and those are good things, and they're important. They will work. But if there's a spiritual bondage, which a lot of times there is, that cannot break that bondage. That cannot break that connection. Or let me say it like that. Let me, let me phrase it because you can walk out of it, but you're walking out in your strength, not in Christ's strength, and at some point in your journey, you're going to let yourself down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
5: Morning,
7: everybody. Hey, Nay. How
5: y'all doing? I'm good. How are
7: you? Doing good. I'm glad you hit on that little
3: beauty
5: right there because um, for the past two weeks, um, I was supposed to be partnership with somebody about getting a business going. hmm And one thing that kind of struck me, but then someone told me to stay quiet and just observe. I got told that since I'm so quiet and I don't fly off the handle, that I'm not assertive enough.
7: But you're not know
4: what?
5: I'm not assertive enough. But for well, the person who told me this, they got so much stuff going on in their life that that's what you hear the majority of what comes out their
3: mouth.
5: <laughs> and I had to tell her, I said, you know, son, I said, the way that you are now, I used to be like that. And I had to start saying to myself, you know, 15 minutes of physically hurting somebody to give me a lifetime of trying to buy my way out.
3: Hmm.
5: And then, too, if I'm so busy hollering at somebody, just to, and is that is nothing but intimidation. It's mm. intimidation. If I spend all of my time howling at somebody, when do I find time to listen?
3: Mm.
5: Oh, I was talking to one of my when my kids yesterday. not yesterday, but a couple of days ago, and I asked her a question. And by the time I was trying to answer that, she was trying to cut me off. I seen you know something. I'm going to tell you right now, you and a couple of people hitting the nerves with this dumb stuff. So, see, if anybody asks you, if you ask me a question, you won't be lying that you asked me a question, but if you ask me a question, where well, you have to intent to listen.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And then they are me like, huh? I said, no, huh, nothing. I said, but see, if you, if somebody asks you, if you ask me, yeah, you asked me, but you didn't listen. So you still sense a lie under my name <laughs> for whatever answer you gave out because you never took time to listen to my answer. You put in what you thought you could get away with. So she got quiet. And so with this um, other person that wanted to go into the business, that's why I look at her. She's so busy out off about other things that's distracting you and I'm sitting back being calm, and with me being calm, that's like an oxymoron to you because you don't know how to be calm. And I would rather have somebody else in a business with me that's calm so we somebody knows know they're focused, they, they they're focused, they're centered. Because so if you ain't focused on centered, something gets out of hand, how are you going to deal with it? Are you going to deal with it by just going off the handle, or are you going to try to Calm yourself down and look at it from a better view in order to treat it a better, calmer way. Hmm. So, out of all that, we're supposed to be getting together on Monday, and there was a couple of days before that we're supposed to be getting together and trying to write out the vision for the business.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, now before Monday, she, I had talked with her. So she said, well, what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. I said, okay. I said, well, today's not going to be good to me, but um, how about on Monday? Because we she wanted to meet up with on Saturday, and I was like, no, nah, because I know Saturdays people do come in and get their hair done. You get somebody to start doing their hair, you're going to feel all about the meeting." I said, but Monday is a normal day for hours to be off. So we meet on Monday. She said, "Okay." Monday came around. I ain't heard from her. Mm-hmm. Now one of the things about it, she's like, no. it's like you ain't got no car." Okay, I've known that for the last couple of years. What's next? <laughs> Now you want to come up with excuses, but meantime you got a vehicle. You want to come get me? Cool. You want to come by here? We can talk about it here. That way it's only a one shot ride. Hmm. Okay. So since I didn't hear from her by a certain time yesterday, I called her up and I was saying, uh, yeah, I'll be over in the Hollywood area tomorrow. So if you want to meet up at Chili's or Patillo, and we can sit down and we can talk and have something to eat too. I ain't heard nothing else from her, so right there, it's just letting me know, this is not a good prospective person to go into business with. All right. Now I had also gotten an offer from someone else to partnership with me. They want me to mentor their daughter into going into um, care business. So when I talked to him, he said that she had told him when she didn't know me. I said, okay. I said, that's cool. I said, I want to sit down. I want to talk to her to see what her short-term goals are or what her long-term goals are. I said, for what she's getting ready to get into, I already been in it for over 30 years. I may want to just dabble in it for the next five or 10. But when I'm ready to let it go then, she already has the business up and going to have a better understanding than what she would if she just went on out there on her own.
3: hmm
5: So her father was like, so that made perfectly good sense. I said, Yeah, because at this point we got young and old. I don't wanna come in and try to make her feel stupid because or to feel like she's taken taken advantage of because of her age, but then I don't want to make a good understanding that she's willing
7: to listen. <laughs> She's younger than you or
5: something. I said she's younger
7: than you or something.
5: She's like 19. Oh, okay. Within this year of trying to plan, because her dad was like, "Did you find a place yet?" For this, but then up you jump, you jump, you put on the eggs, and you jump out the window with no type of cushion. It's <laughs> a place to have it, and you just buy it. I mean, you just get it because of the price and this, that, and the other, but there's other parts. But there's other uh, deals going go with it. So you want to make sure you're going in with enough to secure it. <clears throat> you, don't get no, you don't get no people and time for things to get paid for the month. What are you going to tell them? got a list you still got your own personal bills outside of the business.
9: Yeah, very much.
5: Plus, wants me to go through and help him get a computer so that way he can take better care of his office and stuff for the trucking company that he has. that to meet Thursday, to see with all, he, 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 he's looking, you know, he's looking forward to do, as well as with his daughter, you know, to make sure that she's not just being put to a situation for where she don't know anybody, and you know how to get around um, late teens. You no, know, your part to play in this too, and I just want to make sure you got your your mindset on playing your art. As long as we work together, it's going to be advantageous for her. When I decide that I don't want to do this anymore. hmm So uh, out of that, I would say these last couple of weeks has been very, been very good and liked it. And it also lets me know that. Um, when I see people who want to constantly find something to have a pity party about, that I'm glad that um, I got delivered from that. So the other day I got called um, to Diddy And it's not that I'm to Diddy, It's just that, you know, that they say, they learn how to choose your battles. All right. And if battles go in and take on somebody else's nonsense, that's not being let's just say uh, great thing, but I just can't get held up in nonsense so I can be doing something more productive. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So it's on another level of feel just being you know, supposed to not be caught up in the nonsense and the ridiculous stuff of this world. Because a lot of people think of, okay, well, I'm at a certain age, so I'm supposed to complain. Oh, I'm at a certain age, I'm supposed to do this. And one thing that always remained in my mind when I was younger, you saw old people, they got to an age of 40 or 50, they felt like, okay, I'm through, there's nothing else in me. Let me give up now, type attitude.
4: I can't play into that.
5: Because if God gives you a hundred or more years, how dare you sit up here and say that at at, at, a, at the age of 40 or 50? You're through. There's nothing else in you. The nonsense should be out of you by then. Mhm. <laughs> And the wisdom should have matured enough for you felt like you had more security within yourself. And most importantly, your spiritual
4: self. Because at that point, it's just
5: you and the Trinity. It's not so much worried about what other people around you are thinking. You You already have enough confidence and know enough about yourself to be able to move forward and not worry about what other people have to say or think.
9: I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> okay. Alright, anybody else got anything?
7: If not, I'll take prayer requests. If nobody steps
5: up, you can pray to
7: me. Oogie doogie, Smokey.
5: I would also like one and give one in return.
7: You said what? What'd you say, P I'm sorry. I said I would also like one and give one in return. Okay. All right. Okay, Renee. How It's not so much for Renee, but as I was praying, I'm beginning to realize something. Um, and I was talking earlier about being frustrated. And my frustration, that can allow me not to hear from God clearly. So just as I was talking to you earlier, Felicia, about sources and Now, how can that happen? Well, frustration means that my flesh is not happy. Flesh meaning my soul or my body. So something that is going on, and I'm using these words, grieving me, grieving me vexing me. It's making me frustrated. So I'm listening to what my flesh has to say more than what I'm listening to what my spirit has to say. So now that I recognize that that process is going on, I have to make a decision even more so to shut up, Sam, And seek his voice and even when I'm telling myself to do that my flesh is saying that's what got you in this predicament in the first place (laughs) I'm just telling y'all what's what's going on right now (laughs) I'm just telling y'all what's going on right now but again which comes right back to am I going to trust him am I going to trust him so that my former will be greater than my latter. My latter will be greater than my former. I'm going to trust him to finish what he started. I look back, you know, again, when I was talking about shoveling snow this morning, I look back and I look at where God has brought me from. The things that he has done no man could do. You know, even me and my mom, we got into it about a week or so ago. You know, we got into it, and her being healthy to the point that she is. My father, being that's something that no doctors could do. You know, they literally both have been on their deathbed within this past year, to be honest with you. And no doctors could bring them back. That was the hand of God. And I'm telling you these things because I have to tell myself these things when I'm in this point of frustration when my flesh says that's what got you to the point where you're at now. You're right. It is his hand that got me to where I am now. It's his grace and his mercy that has gotten me to where I am now. It might not be the where I would like it to be. It might not be how I desire it to be, but it could be much worse. So so I, I, I'm, I'm communicating when my flesh is, is, is kicking up. I got to talk back to it, to let it know this is what and why, because I have to make my mind stay on where it needs to be, stay, stay at to focus on what it needs to be focused at so that I can hear clearly. So now, Renee, I'm about to pray for you. Haya bodia ro kombrashi ki kan roshili ko buku kosaka hayada dasi de ko hoshi andarero ko wu Haya mobo ki chede de ka nanderere kosaka horombo ki ko father God offer her up father so she too can hear from you clearly lord so that she too can see and seek you clearly lord not getting in her own way not tripping over her own self lord but only by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, begin to flow in her and through her and allow your voice to resound, Father, so she can walk in authority, so she can walk and do that, which you're calling her to do. Keep her safe in you, Christ Jesus. Bless her abundantly. In your holy name it is so. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen.
3: Amen. Amen.
7: Okay. I
5: got a question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I know you told me to talk to baby in tongue.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Okay, and she's come up with this thing where she hasn't really said any words yet. So like the first thing in the morning. She wakes up, I tell her good morning. She just falls out laughing. She just falls out smiling.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: But she's been going through every once in a while. We hear her say, hi, y'all. She
9: puts her hands up in the air, and then out of that, she goes on her business. Says, then out of
5: that, she goes what? And so then she goes on about her business. Okay. Just remember, that's,
7: that's like her little baby praise or
5: something.
7: I don't know. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe so. I mean, you know, that's a pure spirit there when they're that young, so... And with you praying, you know, and, and with you praying and, and stuff like that in the spirit, and that's keeping her her spirit, man, built up and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. And, you know, she might actually be seeing the angels and different things around you all that you can't see. So, I mean, it could be a combination of any different thing, you know, but when she's that young and that pure... And that sensitive, and especially by you doing that, that just keeps her even more so. So she might see angels. Hey, angel, how you doing this morning? Hey, let's go. Angel walking beside, you know. So it's it, it could be a variety of different things. <clears throat> I know okay. Nate. I know mm-hmm. I know Nate said you know because at times he can see spirits and stuff, and that his dog <laughs> at time would look up and look somewhere and then he would look up and then they would see a spirit uh-huh. so you know the animals are sensitive to you know those things so they see it because he so then they would look exactly what that, and then they would see the spirit because like at one time something was going on and his brother was real sick and he thought um he thought that um there was a demon that was really walking around the house trying to get his brother but then god told him that was actually an angel that was protecting his brother but he kept seeing that 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 spirit walking around the house, and he said, and the dog, the dog just, they said they will both be looking at it at the same time. You know how like both their heads turning at the same time, <laughs> you know. But the dog, the dog, the animal was sensitive to that angel, and he could see it, you know. So. I even know my cat.
5: Now, like I said, they're protectors of the baby. Hmm. you control to walk home from the hospital. And I don't know if you remember about the little boy. He was being attacked by a dog that was loose in his neighborhood, and the cat came up and protected
3: him. Mm mm.
5: Okay, yeah, the woman had found the cat in the park, and she befriended him and took him home. And this was before she even got pregnant with the little boy. So when she got pregnant, she said the cat stayed around her. Now, he was an outside cat, so when the little boy went out and played on the bike and stuff, the cat was out there too. Where it was a dog that was loose in the neighborhood, the dog came up and started attacking the little boy. Well, the cat was like, uh uh, not today. Went over there and jumped on the dog and beat the dog up. Oh,
7: wow. Oh, wow.
5: the dog tried to get out to the mother. The cat went back and got the dog again. Had the dog running down the
7: sidewalk. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I didn't hear that one. So then they set up this, and said that it was some
5: type of little league um, playoffs or little league getting started. So they were going to have the cat throw out to vote the first ball. <laughs> <laughs> They showed the cat, the owner holding the cat, had him on a pillow. You know, he was just ripping the life, but so he just secured
3: his place in that household. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> and right.
5: they had all this media and stuff on this cat. The cat was his protection. So like I said, with the baby here, the cat is their protector because he never tried to jump up. Her, her bed with her, anything they just laid down by her bed.
3: hmm.
5: Normally, if anybody came in the house, they would go and hide because so, the baby's been here. They come out and they make sure nobody heard the baby. Mm Now, too, is that times where there normally they would be the type of cats where it's like, Look, you don't rub me unless I let you know it's okay for you to rub me. So now they're coming around more and they're being more compassionate. Okay. you two them, but but now they need to take time to stop and they look at you. I mean, it's something that they're feeling and seeing too. Mm. Their major thing they feel is that they need to guard her. So
9: they may have a little,
7: they may have like a little spiritual
9: jam session going on. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All
7: All right, Felicia, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Brush it to come boho, coco, ronde to go say shandar to go ho, rumboco, or that, that a gander, 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 a gander. This might seem kind of crazy, but what you need to do, say for example, you might, know, it might be a chair like you're walking and and you see you walking and there's a chair in your way and you take the chair and you pull it to the side of you so you can get it out of your way Mhm What you need to do every day is to pick yourself up and put yourself to the side to keep you from getting in your own way <laughs> Okay I mean and I mean literally I'm I'm being real Symbolically just grab yourself put yourself over to the side and say okay Lord I'm, help me to get myself out. Whatever the conversation that you while you're doing it, you talk to God. So you're symbolically grabbing yourself, symbolically putting yourself over there, and as a process, you're talking to God. Now, Lord, help me. Help me to stay over there so that I can do what you. You know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So every every day, just do that, and 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 I think what it's going to do is going to let you see. When you start coming back in the way, so that you say, "Okay, Lord, am I getting in the way again?" Yeah, you're getting in the way again. It it, it help you know, recognize that. So just symbolically do it at least once a day, you know, or however many times you do it. But in the process of you doing it, talk to God, talk to God, and like I said, that'll be your little warning signal when you start getting in your own way to keep you from doing what He has you to do. You know, oh, Lord, I'm in your way again. Yeah, you're in your way again. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
7: So that's that's that that'll be your little thing you can do, dear.
3: Okay. I see that. I see that. Oh, thank
4: you, thank you, thank you,
5: thank you. <laughs> Funny, right? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Oh, this is so simple.
7: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, what Erica say, things are are easier than we make them and harder than they seem or something like that, (laughs) whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We do overcomplicate stuff, but then again, sometimes it ain't as easy as, as, you know, makes it seem, so. Yeah. that
5: That just, you know. That goes back to what I've always believed: what you go through with your kids is what you're going through spiritually. I don't care how old they are. And yesterday I was doing it with my son. It was so simple, you know. I explained it in several different ways, and every time you ask him what, so how do you do it? You go, I don't know. <laughs> Oh so, yeah, I get it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh God, I got a sense of humor. Oh my God. Yeah,
9: happy, happy, joy, joy.
5: All right. <laughs> okay, I'm done. No problem, dear. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, I pray for you. I'm gonna. Um, I gotta go pick him up from school. They got a half a day today. Um, you know. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for lessons learned. We thank you for signposts. We thank you for signposts that you give us, so that we are not misdirected. So we thank you for the signpost That is Sam Farley He has his arm out Pointing saying this is the way So Continue to uphold him In all his ways As he acknowledges you And everything that he says and does Continue to strengthen him And his family And his seven degrees of separation Continue to watch over And keep him From all hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen. Hold back every attack that the enemy brings. Help him get through each and every one, unscathed and unharmed. Give him what he needs, Lord, as only you can. From the outside in and from the inside out. And he'll always give you praise and glory that we deserve. And we thank you. We praise you. By the righteousness of Christ we come. Amen.
7: Amen, amen, amen.
5: All right. You guys be blessed. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow.
7: Okey-doke. All right. Anybody else got anything? If not, okay-doke. I'll let y'all tomorrow.
4: Okay.
9: Good, everybody
4: have a one. All right. Bye-bye.